Good morning or good afternoon. So don't we don't we have some background music here or is that just on um, documentaries? I guess I guess not. Did you want to whistle? For a while, a while ago we had a, a cardinal out here <coughs> showing us all the different uh, songs that she knew. Quite a few. So the title uh, is I thought I went through 30 or 40 different possible titles. <laughs> Didn't take me too long. And um, this is one I've used before a little bit. What is it you really want to know? I use it as a sometimes when somebody's asking a question and it, it seems kind of gnarled up and it's like uh, uh, tree branches with something hiding in there. And, and and I'm trying to, it's like somebody's covering up what they want to know. And what, what about this? And so that's where I'm going. I'm not accusing of anything. I'm just saying it's good to have a strong question and response. And so what is it you really want to know? You can be as blunt as you would like. I will also. No, don't ask him that. My goodness, that would be terribly embarrassing. What if he said that? <laughs> ah, go ahead. So Gwen Bowie. So Gwen. Um, yesterday, we were talking about knowing what you know and knowing what you don't know. Yes. And you said it's a relative dynamic. But how... Um, so you can't know what you don't know, but can you even relatively know what you know? It seems like I am never sure even of that anymore, especially with failing memory. But that's, <coughs> yeah, sure. Being sure, not being sure about something on the, on the mundane path is a difficulty and you have to have an instructor come up or a teacher or someone or your mom up and say, no, 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 don't do it like that. Do it like this. Here, let me show you. Wax on, wax off, that kind of thing. And so, and that's totally appropriate in some situations. Again, situational. But on the on the spiritual path, uh, a feeling like you you don't know, you don't know. That's uh, that is the dynamic uh, that is sometimes in a positive sense, rather than the negative inflection in the ego's uh, pronouncement there. Open, openness, open, open space, to, uh, the quality of being respectful to that aspect of the mind that the ego tags is, uh, I, I don't know. And the wisdom mind is just not separate from that. Uh, some, some teachers even use that way of <clears throat> talking about um, practicing like uh, the, the, the late Korean master Sang Song would say, only don't know mind. Only don't know. So he, it was his way, my understanding is, it was his way of, of encouraging people to, to be, to, to not try to escape a state of openness, a natural <clears throat> open dimension into some kind of relative knowledge. And it's very tempting in the Buddha Dharma because uh, the Buddha Dharma for 2,500 years has been full of things we know and things we don't know and things that are right, things that are wrong, things that are correct, things that are incorrect, incorrect. <clears throat> and that sometimes, excuse me, has been addressed as it is in uh, there are no two things anywhere. So right view, that's a, a 
but the right is not, and sometimes it's used as correct view or something like that. But I, you go to the word uh, samyak uh, and uh, chisho, you can correct me if I'm misunderstanding this, but it means more like, it's more like a thorough or complete view of something. Is that correct? Very good. Thank you. Chisho, yes. Thank you. So it's a, which, and what do we mean by complete? We need to use some kind of a word that, that is saying you have, I'll uh, express it more. <clears throat> I'll be more descriptive about it. It's you actually have looked in every area of that possible either or and seen that uh, the, that there you see it so completely that you don't necessarily leave the open dimension of not knowing, which would be ego's description, in, into uh, uh, clarity, which would be uh, a relative way that uh, the wisdom mind could be described and. Uh, beginner's mind, the clarity is about uh, confusion. The clarity, the, the topic or the subject in in the clarity is confusion. If ego is uh, prominent there, then the, it will try to shove that or push that or justify that, condemn that, explain that, blame someone else, blame oneself. <clears throat> All kinds of discursiveness will be triggered by that. And in the wisdom mind, the mind is not controlled by the oligarch of, of self-centeredness, of ego, of demand, of right and wrong, up and down, back and forth, success and failure, and so on, then there's just an open dimension there that is can be described in many different ways. Sometimes it's described as wisdom, uh, and sometimes as compassion. It depends on how that operates. The wisdom mind operates within the, the relative situation we call human realm or any other realm. So it's uh, what you're seeing there, what you're understanding there, and the way you're describing it, uh, Soko N, is, uh, is just the way the past shows up. And it shows up as just a shrubbery of ego. Go ahead. Would anyone like to ask a question so I don't have to come up with another Dharma talk title? Shoto bowing. Shoto. Laura R. asks, if there is no self, who or what is endeavoring to observe the movement of the mind? When we're doing shikantaz, I presume that's what you're saying. Who, who, it's just consciousness. When, when consciousness doesn't have a particular, or isn't absorbed or sucked into the vortex of the seventh, seventh consciousness or ego, or those preferences for this and like, and I don't, it should, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be, oh, I'm terrible, oh, I'm wonderful, <clears throat> and those kind of things. Uh, uh, then it's just it's just uh, wisdom isn't something else. It's something that you or me or we all cover up in some way out of fear or out of hope or out of the desire for control or, or the desire for power or the desire for <clears throat> um, some kind of relative value that we can sink our talons into. So it's just uh, I w would that I could give you a more vivid or clear uh, description of it. But if I start to do that, then I actually lead you away from what I am endeavoring to point to. And what I am pointing to doesn't show up uh, in a, uh, as, a, as some kind of thing or object. or So it, it is just, just the, you could say, or gone to sleep, which will happen at the end of three hours of solid sitting. No guarantee. No guarantee might take three and a half hours. So when that goes down, there's still awareness. You're still, you're, you're just receiving whatever shows up. 
in the mainstream without any uh, any uh, conclusion, without any exclusion, without any validation, uh, and what, without even any commentary. Not even the commentary of Samyak, because then it wouldn't be Samyak. It would be it would be on the it would be the path quality of Samyak, which is is not particularly complete because it's never been obstructed. So that's what we begin to see through looking at the comings and goings of the mind and the just <laughs> incredible distress we can get ourselves in, not by what we're doing in this lifetime, but what we did three centuries ago. <clears throat> you don't have to believe this. I, I like to say it that way so you don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm saying that, that from the nature of, from the, from the perspective, which is also relative uh, of wisdom, there is no time and space. This is a, just a huge misunderstanding. Junchi Bowing. Yes. Question question from Michael Reed. Yes, Michael. Why, why is your robe a different color today? <clears throat> a mouse ate the other one. <laughs> I like this color. Uh, this is a this is a, a formerly belonged to uh, Kobanchino's uh, brother Hojo Sama, and uh, was given to me and. Uh, and it's a, it's a, it's pretty old, and it has some, some incense burns in it here and there, like really big holes, see through. And but it's it has a has a nice, it's very light. And I'm just preparing for a spring that's just around the corner, and so that I can be out in my summer uh, robes. They're very lightweight. It's a it's a Coromo also. It has a, a huge Chinese uh, uh, sleeves in it, so so you can keep your cigarettes and lighter down. There. <laughs> Don't smoke. Bad for you. There must be quite a few people on there. Everybody looks like a little tiny three cent stamp. Do they still have three cents? Michael. Yes, Michael. Do you follow a form? I do, but the forms come and go in that area. I follow the form that shows up. And, and that's, you can do that too, but the form that needs to show up for, for you is to sit down, shut up, and look at the wall and do a lot of it. The form that shows up for me could be any number of things. I just finished doing a long version of the, the Bodhisattva vow and the uh, refuge vow out of the Kagyu tradition. I don't always do that, but sometimes I, I do. And then other times I, I just bow and offer incense. Or other times I, <clears throat> sometimes I say the robe chant when I, and I go through the whole formal process of putting it on my head and going through all of it. And sometimes I just put it on. And then other times, uh, most of the time these days with my, my, my rotator cuff problems, uh, Onyo puts it on. And she quite often forgets to say the rope chant. Oh, yeah. I do. <laughs> Further questions? So, Corinne Bowing? Yes, so, Corinne. Uh, you mentioned the comings and goings of the mind. Um, and yesterday in the book study, you said returning is a misunderstanding. What is happening if there isn't a returning? Bowing. Returning to, can you give me an example that 
was bringing, uh, was causing, pardon me? Yeah, I was returning to the breath or the apparent return to the sitting practice bowing. Yeah, that's, that's returning. That's, that's the instruction. Yeah, return to the Buddha, return to the Dharma, return to the Sangha, because we tend to wander off and then we return, we return to that a touchstone to help uh, remind us what we're up to, what we're doing here, what we're prioritizing in our life. So what was the context that I said that in, that there wasn't any returning? So grand bowing, is returning extra bowing? Uh, yes, and it needs to be. It needs to be. We need to relate to the relative. As I've said probably hundreds of times, I say, don't add, don't subtract, don't divide. You can't, you can't help but do that. But you may not be as aware of it if, unless you put some tension there and say, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to add to anything. And then you notice how you spontaneously kind of add on to comments on thoughts that arise, seem to arise spontaneously uh, out of the, out of the deep consciousness, just show up. You start to think about something that happened two weeks ago without particularly trying to. So then we notice, then the idea is to put a little tension on that. But not to uh, <laughs> not to pistol whip yourself or punish yourself because you can't do it. It's not that kind of a discipline. It is a, it is a softer discipline. And then eventually, uh, you know, you, you may find yourself adding and subtracting and dividing very, very, uh, very, very small amount. And there's more of the space in which things occur rather than the space being filled up by your addition, subtraction and uh, and your uh, distraction. So it's a, so it happens somewhat, but the reason I, I say it that way is to support you, help you in looking at that for yourself. And then, of course, it brings up this kind of a question. Go ahead, please. So, Gran, more? So, Gran bowing, no, thank you. Bowing. Thank you. What else do you really want to know, guys? Kevin bowing. Kevin. As you know, I've been looking into the Buddha families and I came across the image of the wish-fulfilling jewel. Yes. What is the, what is the wish-fulfilling jewel image? <clears throat> it's, uh, it's the three jewels, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. Simply put, I mean, uh, you could, uh, I'm sure if you were, if I were more scholarly, I could talk for another 20 minutes on that using various dynamics that show up, show it this way and show it this way. And, you know, it's a jewel. So it has lots of facets and it's uh, probably a, a diamond, uh, but it could be a ruby. Could be an emerald. So more about that if you have it. You don't have to leave it there. Go ahead. Oh, how does connecting with the three jewels fulfill a wish bowing well the simple wish is we we wish to be uh, free of suffering we and on the bodhisattva vow that we take we wish to save all beings because they were not really not separate from them and so people function differently some people need to work on their self-centeredness for a long period of time called the uh, <clears throat> the preliminary teachings uh, or sometimes a Hinayana or lesser 
vehicle, but just it's just a it's just more contained. You're looking at your own self-centeredness, your own suffering, your own tendency to go off on a tangent in this way or that, and grasp this or fight this or reject that, and so on. Whereas if you if you, you it's not that you're ignoring that, but your intention is to be with all things and starting with other human beings. Receive, I say, it's a relative instruction, but just receive when someone's talking to you. 90-10, as you've heard me say, just listen. You could you could try that for a while and see and see if that wouldn't be helpful to you understanding your own uh, vexations and so on. But uh, as far as the jewels, uh, sometimes uh, with the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, sometimes the, the teacher is, is the most important area. And sometimes for some people, that is the most important area. And then others, it's the teaching, more the, the doctrine, all things are dependent. There isn't nothing comes from its own side as, a, as an individual. Everything is in a state of dissatisfaction. All compounded things vanish and on and on. Sometimes it's good to, we spend a lot of time returning to that. And then sometimes it's, uh, uh, and maybe at the same time, it's about the Sangha, our Dharma brothers and sisters. Uh, the, the teacher is also Sangha. So there's some overlap there. More about that if you have it, Kevin. I'm all about those five Buddha families as long as you're talking about them. Well, you know, just hearing you talk now, something else came up for me. Yes. And the connection of the teacher. And yes. you're looking great. <laughs> but I wonder how how do we how do we as a Sangha continue to engage with you as a teacher after you pass away, bowing? I'm not going anywhere. The, the, the body mind, this body mind will definitely collapse and go back into the elements or in, probably into the fire. But but what, who or what this is, not going anywhere. Some of you already know that. Go ahead, please. So how do we continue to function as you're, you're such a, the, a linchpin of this community? And how do we continue to uh, function without the relative linchpin of your body? Uh, without, be without belief or without disbelief, if you need a human represent uh, representative of that, then relate to my Dharma heir, which when I, when I die, you'll know who that is. Until that time, you may or may not know. So I don't really make many plans, but some of them I'm kind of, somewhat forced into like the order of immediate light i could see where if i leave this because there needs to be some kind of glue here to keep this particular way of practicing together so that those coming here years from now can come into a mandala where people are treated with respect nobody is required to follow any rules or follow any orders nobody's really requ required to do anything other than if you come into the forum, then it's a good idea to observe the forums and do the best you can. But there's no, there's no right and wrong. That's that's a lot of extra stuff, and there, there's not there aren't any. There are children in the world, but uh, I would rather address your uh, your mature adult nature rather than your childish nature by correcting you and that's wrong. Don't do this. Sit up straight. You'll never if you come in and sit. As long as you don't move around a lot and you know and play the guitar, 
you could come in and even close your eyes. That's your business. You know what the instruction is. If you don't want to close your eyes, don't do it. There's no right and wrong. And if you if you have a posture that's kind of stooped over, you will not be corrected. As long as I'm alive, you won't be. I know what that's like to have a difficult body situation that can that is in pain anytime it's held still for any length of time. That's how I know about this. So you, I'm not going anywhere. These I've done everything I can by teaching. Uh, so uh, you know, it'll just you might go. go uh, oh, I think I heard him in the other room. You're going there. I'm not I'm not in that room. And then you say, well, I know he's around here somewhere. <laughs> and uh, if you come into the monastery, I'm all over the place in there. Although I don't, I have not put my my imprimatur on anything. So I, I'm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, Kevin, I wouldn't be concerned about it. I mean, you could be concerned, but, but it's just a, it's a spiraling concern. It's eventually going to go away as you see what I'm uh, referring to. Go ahead, Sano. I've heard now a few times people say the word mandala, meaning something about the structure of Sokokoji. My only experience of the mandala is the visual symbol. Can you say more about the word mandala, Sano Bhai? Yeah, it's uh yes, I can. It's a, uh, uh, um, I think it means circle. Uh, Tisho, does it mean circle? Tisho, uh, I know it is basically a structure. Uh, it could be just four posts and a tarpaulin on top. That would be a mandala as well. Okay. So I think it is just a structure. Wow. Yeah. There, there it is. So any kind of structure, quite often it's uh, it's circular, but not necessarily. Uh, it can be square. It can be some kind of a some kind of a your the when you sit down uh, on your cushion and observe the mind coming and going. Uh, this this is a, a mandala. Uh, you're in, you're in your the mandala in which you might not awaken in the mandala, uh, but you might the actual occurrence so-called occurrence aspect of awakening uh which is uh is in the whole dynamic it's you have a monastery this is a mandala you have your own practice uh, schedule that's a mandala and you return to that form return to that form but you don't have to as i say you don't have to maintain that that's a misunderstanding because you should pay attention to what moves you don't have to follow it down the garden path but you can just watch what moves if you're just watching what, what moves without adding anything to it, right or wrong, I should or I shouldn't, or I'm not meditating enough. I'm meditating too much. I need to find a new teacher. I need to, I need to, I need to. There's so many different variations that the ego mind, the self-centered mind will come up with to feel less frightened and more safe. And feeling more safe is a good idea, but there are ways to approach that that don't uh, risk your sanity. Sound hobart. Yes. So thank you, uh, thank you for that. And then, can you say ways to feel safe that don't risk your sanity, Sanhobar? <laughs> yes, I can. Uh, study the Dharma, take refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. And uh, the example of someone who is sane as uh, a teaching person. And if they seem uh, crazy, then uh, that could be your projection, or it could be your uh, uh, direct perception of, of the insanity that's in front of you. It's a, that's a very conditional and a very relative situation. So this is what the refuge vow is about. Refuge means to take refuge, take refuge in the Dharma or take refuge in the Buddha. 
as an example of someone who is saying, take refuge in the Dharma as the truth that he taught. Everything is dependently arisen. Life is suffering. He did not say part-time. I've probably said this over and over again for the last 15, 20 years. He didn't say it isn't. Any Anytime suffering is gone, it's probably because you're covering up, covering it up. So this doesn't mean you can't have enjoy yourself or be happy. It, it might even be a lot better to have the happiness not be something that's covering up the, the difficulty. It might take a while. Refuge in the Buddha, refuge in the Dharma as the truth, uh, as far as we know, and refuge in the Sangha as a community of people are all coming from their different karmic uh, structure, their families, their culture, their their past karma, their future karma, uh, coming in this particular apparent time and place and trying to, endeavoring to train their mind you know, by seeing, seeing clearly what this is. Clarity, clarity isn't about clarity. Clarity is about, about seeing the confusion. If the clarity is about clarity, then this is more like a God realm. I've made it. I feel so great. It's so wonderful. I finally made it. I, for a while, I was really this or that. Now I'm pretty good. When you're bowing, can our meditation practice intercede on the avalanche of karma? What do you mean by intercede? Sometimes it feels like we're, there's nothing we can do to divert or stop. You have to divert it or stop it as part of the ego language of control. And so what you do have to do is l look at it and receive what happens, whatever's moving, without any addition to it, if you can. So. But it's not about maintaining it. It's about watching the way you add on. Because if you just observe the way you have a kind of something moves and you have a push, you have something moves and you have a twist or a reinterpretation or elaboration on it. If just by watching that, eventually the wisdom mind is, is what's, if you're just observing, then um, if I want to say it strictly relatively, wisdom wisdom is in charge. That's why they call it wisdom. But wisdom doesn't see uh, wisdom sees the confusion, but it also sees the the confusion as wisdom. But the ego mind sees the confusion as a problem, and it's about to come and get me, and I might not live. So like uh, you're saying, what uh, Kevin is asking, what are you going to do when I go? Well, yeah, the, my body's going to go, of course. But who 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 this is fundamentally? This is what I'm I'm telling you. Don't believe me, but you might want to look and see who you are really fundamentally. Who are you? Who are you? What is this? What do you really want to know? That's that's what I asked a long time ago. I really want to know what, not not who necessarily, but somewhat, uh, but not what necessarily, but some who. It has nothing to do with owls. Did I have I given that talk yet? Where it says, "Lighten up." <laughs> that's a fruition talk no wait a minute that's a path talk no that's a ground talk groundhog day go ahead please Shoto bowing yes does our wish to be free from suffering 
show up as uh, freedom from pleasure too? Yeah, not necessarily. Uh, that's that's why uh, that's that is a, a a quality that could show up in the self-centered mind that that is looking for for a a credential, and it will it will move itself away as the Buddha did. Uh, that's why you see the those early uh, sculptures of the Buddha where he's all his ribs are all showing because he's trying to control suffering through what starving himself. <laughs> so. Um, you don't have to, that, the message there is you don't have to control the situation. To do that is just to, to get a relative result. Starvation. Uh, even though you might think, oh, I'm finally I'm controlling. I'm pa- past uh, my desire for any, for pleasure, for uh, sustenance or anything. So it, it's a, it is about, it's awareness about, it is about being aware. It's not about accomplishing anything. Bowing. There was a few questions on YouTube. Please go ahead, please. The first from Semi in Portland. Semi. What is the purpose of forms? So, form, uh, as we, um, I'm not sure exactly how you're answer, uh, how you're, uh, what you're asking about, but I'm going to address it this way because you've given me a very simple question. I like those because I'm very simple, and the. the purpose of form on the Buddhist path or on the path of awareness, whether it's Buddhist or some other path of awareness. If it's about awareness, then it's probably Buddhism, but not necessarily. So the necessity of form, uh, for instance, chanting the sutras, form, for instance, uh, holding very still, holding the form of the body very, very still so you can see the other uh, uh, formations coming out of the mind stream or showing up in the mind stream that you did not generate it takes a while to, to realize that that there's no thinker there's no thinker behind those thoughts those are they're just arising out of dependent origination which is uh, which means that this is causing that's causing that's causing that it's just that you can't find a, a, fu- a fundamental source of anything and you don't need to so the purpose there of the form depending on the form is to give you some kind of a container, simply put, or some kind of a corral for the for the wild uh, Mustang in your mind, for the mind that wants to go here and goes here and go there. But it needs to be wide. It's like Suzuki Roshi said uh, back in the 60s in his uh, book, uh, Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind. You know, you, you give your give your mind, which he used, the example he used was a metaphor of a cow, a large pasture. So he, he was already talking about this, lessen the, the structure. You use the structure to start with, but then lessen the, the containment of it by judging yourself and building up barriers that are all about ego. Ego wants to get somewhere, and ego is not somewhere. That's why it wants to get somewhere. And how is it not somewhere? It's unreal. It has no substantiality to it. It Relatively, it does, because it functions that way. So we... We move the ego mind, the inspiration to be clear, which could be part of ego also, into a into a form. Sit down, hold still, watch the movement. Do the four-hour block set with the help of one of these uh, Bob Holman uh, analog clocks made of glass and sand. Very primary stuff, glass, sand. And I'm going to come along and add wood to it to keep it from breaking. Good idea? Good idea. She says it's a good idea. So we're going to do that. So, uh, uh, Semi, if you have a 
a specific, uh, uh, that's a very good question, but if you have a specific area that that question's coming out of the forum part, I'd be happy to address that. She clarified it as rituals. Yeah. Yes, they're very, very important, but it's not something you have to do. So rituals, uh, whether they're very, very intense, exotic, and even Baroque uh, rituals of ancient uh, Tibet and India, where there's lots of mantras, uh, lots of mudras, you know, how to do this and that, uh, and over and over. Then what is happening there is uh, it is a particular way of teaching and a particular way of learning, and it is about synchronizing body and mind so that that which is happening here, that which is happening in the consciousness, that which is happening anywhere is is this gesture. This is why it's called a Mahamudra, the great gesture or the great uh, posture. So that that uh, Zogchen is also doing that in a, in a different way, as is uh, as is uh, uh, Zen or as is Chan Buddhism or uh, even the even the Buddha was working with that long time ago. It isn't like all these other lineages are somehow uh, not what the Buddha taught. They probably are. They just might have different ways of working with it because there's so many different kinds of people in the world, so many different kinds of understanding and learning just, just because of dependent origination. It's extremely complicated. And so um, uh, the way I, if I, if I have a student who, uh, who, who is already might already be doing some forms and I just leave them alone. I don't say do what we do at the monastery. If you come to the monastery, then you need to do that, but you're not going to come to the monastery unless you feel like you really have to come here. Uh, I'm not saying you're not invited or welcome, but you can't just walk in. So it's a, it's a strong form that is gently held. It's a very strong form and it's gently held with respect. Just like a baby is a very strong form. Don't drop them. And don't mistreat them by thinking you know what's good for them, because chances are you don't. That's why they scream. They're just waiting for some language to come up so they can say, will you please change my diaper? <laughs> it's funny to me, but to you who have not changed diapers, it might not be too funny. So the form that you would do might be uh, semi, I assume that you're meditating uh, when I see you on uh, open heart. Uh, I know you seem to be doing what we're, what's being recommended that you do. And I would say, just continue. That might be all you need for a while, but you may need more. You may need the form of interacting with a teacher. You may need the form of interacting with a Sangha. You may need the form of doing a particular set of uh, uh, practices uh, like chanting the sutras. Uh, every day we chant at the monastery. Uh, we chant in the morning and at, and at night and different kinds of chants in the afternoon have slowly been added on very slowly and some are are come their forms coming from different lineages that I feel um, are, would be helpful in our in our particular um, what do you want to call it a, a hybrid it's kind of a hybrid in terms of culture it's uh, Japanese Soto Zen and it's a Kagyu tradition and some Shambhala teachings that I received from the Dorje Dwaddle of Makpo. And so, but, but it's not about the way I see it. And it's just different with different teachers. It's not about obeying it. It's about see the form, use the form, see what happens in the mind when you practice the form and interact with not only with the, with the teacher, but with the Sangha, with other people who may be practicing that 
some people are do might just sit, might just have an altar and might just bow to the altar. They might not even do that. They might just sit down and face the wall. They don't want to do any of that other stuff. I, I have I have stu- I have one student I have had for many many years, and uh, they don't. As far as I know, they don't do much. As far as form, but they're not required to. Just like receiving a jukai or sewing a rock shoe, that is totally that is your business. That's uh, it doesn't guarantee anything. It's I talk about it. It's more like you need you might need that form because it's like glue that helps you. I, I'm I'm there's 16 precepts. I take refuge in the Buddha. I take refuge in the Dharma. I took refuge in the Sangha, uh, and I I vow to do good. It's not even explained to you particularly. I vow to do good. You know what that is. I vow not to do harm to myself or others. Simple, not some fancy, although it has been stretched out into people like to make up stuff. People look at good and then want to structure it because some people need to see that, that uh, how do you make a Ferris wheel? You know, I know it's just a circle, but how do you, you know, I'm being a little silly here, but I'm saying it's like that. Some people need that kind of a structure since that's what you're asking about to actually bring themselves into it and, and, uh, so you could say even tie themselves to it so the structure supports the awareness. So going back to the original question, it's always about awareness. But you may need to do the awareness part by using forms that don't that you don't obey necessarily, but you observe, as my teacher, Kobanchino Roshi, once told me many years ago. You don't take forms. You don't take uh, vows. You observe them. Question from Jeremy in Portland. Yes, Jeremy. Have you ever spoken with beings in different realms or that don't have bodies? Of course. So have you. Might show up a little bit differently, but we're, we're all doing that all the time. All the time. Well, we might take a few minutes off from there. But the, the embodiment, disembodiment, those are that's, an, that's illusory. Just like I said, uh, I'm not going anywhere. Who this is, is, uh, is uh, the physical form is going down, yes. But uh, the, the actual, the, the, the ultimate form is not going anywhere. Unless it's necessary for it to go somewhere, and then I'm good. So, yes. And some, some people in our, in our community who are uh, more... Uh, mediumistic and ha- are, I, I like to say more porous to to the other dimensions. Not just one, not just not just the intermediate state or the bardo, but other dimensions. Lots of different dimensions. They're all over. The, the Buddhist teachings uh, talk about ancient teachings from India. Talk about what what they were. I don't know what the Sanskrit word, but ours is chilakasms. There's just infinite, infinite. If you want to see how many things there are, look up. Go outside and look up. That's how many things there are. Well, not really. You're only seeing part of them. The ones that reflect light. The black hole. The black holes you're not seeing. That's why they call them black. Why they call them holes, I don't know, because I don't think they are actually space. Did you want? Is there anything else you wanted to know? <laughs> Jeremy? Didn't you bow it? There's a question from Shane in Virginia. Yeah, Shane. Do you ever intentionally lie to your students? All the time. If so, 
All the time. I'm li- I lie to you every time I have an interview with you. Isn't that where your question is coming from? There, let me say it this way. I, I follow what you're saying, but there's there's no way to fundamentally, all, if, as soon as the vocal cords are hooked up, uh, there's all kinds of debris that gets uh, thrown in there. So it's very difficult. It's difficult. It's, it was very difficult for me uh, when I started functioning as a Dharma teacher. It was difficult to do that because I always could see how much I lied. And then I stopped trying to correct anything and put everyone else ahead of me. That's why I show up every day. You think I like this? <laughs> Nobody's laughing. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Joyce is laughing. <laughs> And of course, I love this. I love you, and I want to help you with your permission. I'll, I'll give you feedback on your question. And yes, I, I would, when I say lie, I'm not saying I would, uh, I'm deliberately saying something that is uh, untrue, but I, I might not be as direct, as direct with someone because I'm more interested in helping the person than I am in correcting them. And fundamentally helping somebody, you start correcting people, then People start resonating with their experience with their parents and start, then they, they actually slow down on the path. But if you, this doesn't mean you have to uh, indulge everyone's craziness, but you, you need to, it's really important to receive. I'm a, I'm a better student now than I ever, than I ever was. And I was fairly good at the beginning because I decided I'm just going to learn this and I'm not going to take any tests. I'm just going to learn. I'm just going to, I'm just going to what absorb this acquire this, understand this as much as I can. Further questions are good if you have them. There's a question from Kiyosaku. Go ahead, Kiyosaku. Is the motivation to self-improvement wrong view? Not not as long as that's a, you see, that's a motivation to self-improvement. You don't have to get rid of that. You don't want to get rid of the very confusion you're trying to transcend or you're trying to see the fundamental nature of relative truth. You start getting rid of stuff, actually you're covering it up with some kind of a uh, God realm. Am I accusing you of that? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. But it's very, very situational. And sometimes uh, you may need or I may need or any of us may need some kind of a uh, support or help. You can get support from Sangha because they're uh, in our sangha, you're studying, you're talking to this, studying with uh, same group of people every day. And this is something I emphasize is study with other people who are studying this. You can see how am- amazingly diverse a community is of people coming from different directions. So more about that if you have more. When you don't. So what would wrong view look like? Um, uh, wrong view is thinking that you know everything and you're right about something or your view is better than somebody else's view or or that some that someone uh, uh, is is clamping down on anything as oh I got finally have this fundamentally right view is no view so I'm not because there isn't anything else you don't see separate things anymore you see the separation respect those and you realize that what came from a thousand years ago and what what's uh, what came from a thousand years hence are not separate. They're separated by our minds te- 
separate everything out based on hope for this and fear of that, passion, aggression, and ignorance more. So it's easy to go to the horrendous scenes that we see people being murdered and killed yeah. and mistreated. Is that not, not that easy? Is that not wrong view? Mm, say more. I'm following you, but say, give me the give me what you want to know. Like, is that karma? Yeah, it's, to I, have I, murders and sickness and that that's you know life is suffering, and everything is dependently arisen. So there's no actual. I'm not saying there isn't suffering. There aren't nerve endings here, nerve endings there. Of course, there's intense uh, discontent and and pain. So the, it's, but but it's not happening to a uh, through some kind of personhood, some substantiality of a of a being or a self. the the very The very sense of of a being is dependently arisen. So this is why. I, <laughs> uh, Let's see if I if I if I were just better with language, it would be helpful. Um, I'm really trying hard. <laughs> it is you don't want to ignore the what we would uh, might commonly call uh, people who seem to be so evil. They're so intent upon. I mean, I can name a few. Any of us could. They're so intent upon just because they want power and they, they're just so intent about they'll destroy anything. They destroy their own family. They don't think they'll do that. They think they'll somehow be protected by their uh, mag magic uh, wand or their, their uh, uh, king of the universe they're worshiping or something. And, and that, that's the whole area is uh, we could go on and on about that. I'm all about questions in, in any of those areas. You're going to ask me a question about any, anything, if you're willing to receive uh, the response. So I, I, I don't there's have no subject matter that is uh, off. If it will help you to interact, you might, might not give you an answer that you like or even understand, or I might give you, uh, it's hard to say, but uh, my, my motivation is to help you, not to, not to make things worse for you. So if I can do that, I will. But as far as evil, going back to what Nuno was asking about, that's something we've talked about quite a bit. All you have to do is watch the news and it's like, what, what, what is, we both do it. What, what's going through their mind that they would do such a thing or promote such a cause that would totally endanger their children? Their, what, what, kind of, what kind of realm is going on there? And it's just intense ignorance that is grasping at itself and it is dependently arisen. I mean, I, I could go into a story about it. It could be something that happened to this person uh, earlier in their life. It could be... Uh, uh, that they've got got a, 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 you know, I mean, there's so many things I could go, and I'll just name a couple of them to show you how, wh what I'm talking about. It could be a Uranus-Pluto conjunction and a fixed sign in the in the uh, in the ninth house. I mean, it could be that, and it could be transits over that. Don't believe anything I'm saying, but there isn't anywhere I haven't looked. Well, there's a couple of places I haven't I haven't looked because I'm not smart enough to look in those places. But I've tried to find some way, some kind of key to this. I was studying this way before I met uh, the Vijayadara. But there's something to that. Not a lot. I mean, it's, it's still a, a railroad track that looks like it comes to an end, and it never does. So there's never a conclusion. So you never can say, this will happen. That's why uh, astrologers are not wealthy. 
<laughs> they don't know which day to bet <laughs> because that's because it's always a partial picture. Uh, partial picture. Relative truth seems so vivid and solid, but it's a, it's a it's just half the picture. The ultimate picture is without a frame. It has no has no, no you can't can't put that in a frame because it's not separate. You can't find any material to build a frame out of because it because there isn't anything else but this. This is you're looking at it. And it shows up as this incredible display of, of phenomena that's scattered everywhere. Shoto bowing. Yes. Laura R. asks, where should we place our mind when we are off the cushion during times that don't require thinking? No, no. I don't place it anywhere. I mean, if you needed to, you say it doesn't require thinking. You're not doing anything. This means you're riding in a car or something. Uh, and I'm not sure where you're at with it, but anything that's moving, just observe what's moving without adding to the movement. So that way you're, there's more of a singularity of uh, uh, an observer quality happening there because the observer, as has been said way before I showed up, uh, the observer is the observed. It's not identical with it, but it is that. So it's the same and different. Sandokai. So it's a, there's a quality that will start to show up the more, the, the less you add and the more you receive, uh, the more you will see there's nothing receiving that. There's no one, there's no personhood re that receives. Maria, Go ahead, Maria. Any conclusion around view? Uh, any, con any conclusion around what? Is any conclusion around view? Oh, is any conclusion a wrong view? Um, not, not if the conclusion just shows up spontaneously. It's like uh, to use an extreme example: uh, you're in a, you're sitting in your uh, bedroom, and all of a sudden smoke comes under the door. Uh, that the conclusion is, even though it's just smoke, uh, the conclusion simple metaphor. But there's fire out in the other room. That would be a conclusion. Uh, that that is that is that arise arises in a in a fundamentally uh, solid situation, and and though in that area because of the very nature of conclusion and wrong view and that kind of situation, uh, it, it can it's just it just goes out in so many different directions with various kinds of subtlety and nuance. So that's why it's if you're unreceived, then anything that shows up. Uh, won't be particularly deceptive because it will not necessarily trigger your fear or your hope uh, or your or more passion, aggression, and ignorance or any aspect in your past that has been covered up uh, that is being triggered. That needs to happen uh, more on the cushion. <clears throat> and so it's the idea there is don't necessarily add on to right view and wrong view is this is wrong and this is right. You don't have to build up a, a stack of... Uh, 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 credit vouchers in that area. You can just, it's its just very simple. It's more of a touch and go that you just touch on it and don't have to maintain anything about that. Show no bowing. Yes. Soltrum asks, if who slash what we truly are did not arise and will not go away, how can that be understood in terms of the evolution and eventual end of life on earth? 
Well, just don't be a philosopher. <laughs> just just being a just be a, an awareness. I mean, if you can go that way. I mean, you can go into that. You can go into physics. Some people are trying to understand the nature of reality, going into physics, particle physics, and looking way down really deep. And of course, as you know, you read a little bit about it. it was, that's all I've read is when you get down really, really deep, things start to you know, change their identity uh, in terms of, uh, is it a is it a wave or is it a, is it a particle? And those both look like something to me. So I'm, I'm surprised they haven't come up with different names than wave and particle. But they can't because it's, it's materialistic science. They have to stick with, you know, like Joe Friday said, just the facts, man, just the facts. You probably don't know about that show. Jim Chubowing. Yes. Question from yes. a question from Amida. Amida. Is sleep some kind of unconscious enlightenment? Well, everything is enlightenment, but if you want to pick on sleep, I guess you could say uh, it's a particular state, and so it's a particular state of uh, of uh, um, the dream aspect of it is a is a. Uh, intense imaginary occurrences that have no relative space. They have an imaginary space and have no relevant re relative time. They have an imaginary time, uh, past and future, and all of that is uh, ha has no particular gravitas in that in that area. And then sleep. Uh, if you're if it's somnambulism, if you're in deep sleep, then as far as we know, as far as I know, and I don't know that much about it, but not much at all is happening. You actually are. Not everything is uh, uh, sleeping. So as far as saying, is it enlightenment? Um, I don't know. I'm mean, I'm not sure what you're what you're looking for. What you fundamentally want to know because enlightenment is an intensely complicated uh, um, concept, and yet enlightenment or realization or your true nature itself is not complicated at all. But everything that covers it up is is like uh, like a beehive with activity of this and that and right and wrong and up and down and back and forth. That's why it's so important to just, that's why each one of us, even though we've got a world that is full of grief and full of suffering and full of difficulty and full of challenges and full of, the, you, we can all see the contrast between the, the two sides of that are warring sides that are happening just in our country alone, let alone all the other countries that are having difficulty with intense uh, control situations. So, um, so this is why if you want to have some say so about anything, then you can you can get yourself sit, to sit down, hold still, and watch the movement. If you need to do mantras or something like that, I can help you with that. If you need to do more complicated practices, maybe you feel like you need that, you can do that. But from my perspective, having done a few different things, complicated and simple, less is better. Sit down, hold still, and watch the movement of the mind and watch the way we continually want something else, or we don't want that, or we want this, or this can't be right, or I must not be med meditating correctly. I can tell you, uh, I can tell you a, 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 a checklist. Sit down, hold still, and then if you feel like you're not meditating correctly, uh, according to the way I'm teaching anyway, I'm not saying correctly, uh, that it's the ultimate uh, correct meditation, but um, an awareness practice where you're emphasizing the awareness and not necessarily what is arising in it. This means you have to watch what's arising in it uh, and not add to it, 
not subtract from it and not divide it so that you can, in this way, you will begin to see the nature of the space in which that occurs. And if I may say it this way, I'll say it two ways to make it more confusing. Uh, the space in which it occurs is the nature of your mind or wisdom. Mind is like a, a, like a sky and thoughts are like clouds. Fundamentally, you're not separate from not only the, the sky, which is your similar to your true nature, uh, but you're also not, not, not separate from the thoughts. So you really don't, good thoughts, evil thoughts, neutral thoughts, you don't have to correct anything. That being said, I'll lay this on top of the whole cookie jar as a lid. You're responsible for everything. Everything is your responsibility. Not to blame, not credit, not to blame, but you're not separate from anything. So how can it not be your responsibility? Uh, to use a relative, highly relative metaphor, you're responsible. You hold your palm, hand up, and look at you're responsible for this hand. You, you know, you it's not somebody else's hand, and you can't ask somebody, what should I do with my hand next? Or should I be uh, scratching my neck? You know, I'm, it's a silly kind of metaphor, but it's it's very, very simple like that. You are this whole uh, even Trungpa Rinpoche once when somebody uh, kind of got on him, one of his students that cared about him was trying to be helpful and also was had the courage to actually ask him a very direct question. Why are you eating all that junk food? Because he, he was, he ate all kinds of, drank all kinds of stuff. He was just like a, bring it on. And people would do it instead of holding back to maybe extend his life. <laughs> they didn't think that was any of their business. So they just brought on the, uh, uh, bottles of sake and uh, vodka and whatever. And also anything he wanted to eat, he got it. And then this one person, I think it was a, a woman, uh, said, why, why do you, don't you realize that's, you're destroying your body to, by doing that? And his response, if I remember it correctly, and there might be a couple people here who heard this and maybe could correct me if they like to correct old men. <laughs> uh, he said, "My whole the whole world is my body." I mean, end of discussion. And and that that is the truth. I mean, when I say that's the truth, it's not relatively true. It's ultimately true. How could it be otherwise? How could it be otherwise? Everything that arises is samyak. Everything that goes away is samyak. Everything that twists this way. I'm not saying there won't be suffering or pain or we're human beings we're in the realm of desire of course that's going to happen the only relative escape out of the, rel out of the realm of desire uh, or out of the the six realms uh the only way out of that is to shrink everything down into the um into the realm of desire so then you aren't you aren't completely absorbed in hell completely absorbed in the jealous god or the the hungry ghost realm or completely absorbed in the animal realm or completely completely absorbed in the uh, jealous God realm or the God realm. You're just just an ordinary person with who's very curious and is very tied into their passion and wanting this and not wanting that and afraid of this and desiring this. Very simple orientation there for people in the human human realm. It's been said that that's really the only way you can really hear the Buddha's Dharma or the truth is in the human realm because you're too occupied with other stuff in the other realms and you're, busy yourself with climbing ladders to get ahead of others. Further question? Kevin Bowie. Go ahead, Kevin. You've 
Uh, so like, we've said that of the four karmas, uh, pacifying, magnetizing, enriching and destroying, that we should emphasize pa pacifying. Yes. But how might enriching show up for you, Bowing? Probably, it depends. Uh, again, when I say it depends, it's about the situation. So it would be, it would be joining in with whatever situation was that was there to feel out the energy of that. Not so much to solve it, but to see if it needed to turn into something else. See it. To, so I might um, say if there's some kind of confusion going on with another person or another situation, I might, uh, I might join in. It's like if somebody is upset about some particular thing. Uh, I may, and this doesn't happen often, but it, and it happens situationally. I may jump in and bark at them in order to to in, to um, uh, enrich. In other words, they've got anger that they don't know is there. They, they think they're being totally kind and with lots of equanimity and everything. And I can see they're, uh, to put it bluntly, um, nah, I won't use that word. How about full of tree bark? How's that? I can see they're full of tree bark. So therefore, I bark at them. I I might come in and growl or something like that. And then I watch to see what their response is. And that gives me an idea whether I have any say-so about that situation at all. Quite often, I, if I do that, uh, I may um, uh, I may see that I, that's, that that's doesn't seem to be helpful. It just, uh, it may be, but at that time, I, I might see a person who, might just seal off. You can see it in their eyes. If you're if you spend a lot of time looking at the wall, you can see pretty clearly. Not not as a, not conclusions, but you can just see that somebody's shutting down. Not right, not wrong. You, that does that isn't an invitation to go in and break down their their ego walls just because you're their teacher. So you have to to be be uh, um, be soft and and put people's welfare ahead of any control you may have but is it you don't even ask yourself is this going to be helpful or not that's why i say don't do anything else you have to if you want to be patient start with that one because if you're doing something you don't have to do this is a very nature of impatience which comes out of what anger so you might you may you may go into a um may go into magnetize, but it would depend on what was what was showing up when you did that. Then it would be back into situational. You might go right back into pacifying, but that wouldn't necessarily be, uh, oh, I'm so sorry I, you know, jumped on you. Or it wouldn't necessarily uh, be that. It could be pacifying by, uh, uh, you might jump right to the last, uh, uh, the last karma, which is destroying, and you might because you're clear about what's happening, you actually destroy the connection you have with the person by just uh, with just body language. Say, is that your coat overlay? Is that your coat laying over there? And th that, then that person will move. So uh, in, in somewhat in response to, uh, 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 to uh, um, Shane's question about, do I ever lie to students? Well, I, I, I get, you could call that possibly a lie. I don't know. It's not, but the idea is to fundamentally help the person work with their mind. I, I meet people all the time, uh, not because I'm a wonderful seer or something, but meet people all the time who are confused in a way that even though they might be saying, yes, you're my teacher, I give you permission, uh, I, they're, they're not ready to hear this. 
they're not ready for me to actually point at something. Uh, so I don't want to do that unless I have a good feeling that there's going to be someone receiving something there. So I'll just go back into just receiving, just listen. Any of you who've been a student of mine for any length of time know I, I uh, know that I uh, uh, don't meddle with you very much. Even though you've got it coming, you don't give me permission. So I mind my own business. Kevin Bowing, how do you know if you've been given permission when you've said that even when someone might say, you have permission, they might not mean it, Bowing? Yeah, they, they from their point of view, they mean it. But from my understanding of what that is, an, uh, an actual dropping, I know that. I learned that from uh, from the Vidyadara. Uh, he showed me immediately how I was not giving him permission. And he was absolutely uh, uh, adept at doing that. And I didn't know at the time that was what was happening, but I it was like, it was, as, it was as if he says, oh, by the way, here's the way, here's the thing where you turn off your, your protective shield. <laughs> so it, it felt, it was terrifying because the ego mind, uh, my self-centeredness was threatened by this, uh, this, I can't think of anything else to say other than this, uh, uh, Vajra master, this sage, he, he did, a, did a lot of crazy stuff, and he he's got a, he's got a, he's responsible for all that. But there isn't anyone there. So what's responsible? Dependent origination. I'm not saying we should protect ourselves from crazy gurus. You don't have to be uh, mindless when you go in that situation. Although in ancient times, the Tibetans wanted you to. They, they had a slogan: "Everything that the guru says, that I will do." Well, I think that's baloney. I'm not doing that. I'm not teaching it. But at, in, in that ancient time, when there was no cell phones, you maybe see the teacher once every six months. Uh, you, don't, you didn't even understand what you were being told to do. And so much, much different cultural dynamic going on in ancient times that, where it was necessary to do that. That is not, from, from my uh, viewpoint, that's not, respect, uh, pr that's not particularly required right now, just to shove people around or get them to obey you. One more if you have it, and then we'll off and we'll get off to uh, church. <laughs> Sano Bhai. Sano. I have recently read Silence, uh, Tishna Khan's book, and I was wondering, can you say a little bit about Silence and 9010, Sano Bhai? Uh, well, I've not read Thich Nhat Hans that one. I've read th three other books to try to because people kept bringing his name up. So I read some of his material to get an idea of where we were at. And he just teaches in a different way, so I I can't make any commentary on what he means by silence. Uh, but I can tell you that what I mean is noise. You can't you can't you can't recognize silence without its opposite so this is why one of the reasons that i don't teach uh, functional speech or even though i practiced for, for 35 years i don't te teach fun functional speech or or what's that what's the other word for it uh, prof um, noble, silence. noble silence it's not that it wasn't valuable in ancient times or former times in monasteries and teaching situations but we're, we're not we're, we're in a monastery but it's unlike any other monastery i've seen or know about 
because it, it works with the cultural context within which we are showing up. And so I say you sh it should work uh, conditionally. You should, you should be silent uh, when you're sitting down facing a wall. Don't talk. But when you move up off from that cushion, even if you're in a zendo, which traditionally you don't talk in a zendo, even functional speech is not so workable there. I say uh, talk. I mean, other people around you are going to notice if you're, if you're frivolous or if what you're talking about is, has some level of entertainment to it. It's not about fulfilling some kind of a, of a form that is correct. The, the silent monk. It's just, it's just a, it's a, it's an incredibly huge misunderstanding. Uh, silence should happen conditionally, not as a forced form, especially when you, it comes to Sangha. You can't, I've been to retreats uh, in the past, in the 70s and in the 80s and everything where everything was silent. I've been to a retreat that was three or four days long and there was maybe 30 or 40 people there. Never got to know any of them. What was the Sangha in that? So it's very important to interact with others around their practice, not to necessarily share, you know, the deep uh, uh, insights you've had on the path and how your teacher is better than their teacher or something like that. And with someone like uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, he has a, in Plum Village, I've looked into his situation somewhat, uh, and, and I'm not against that. Some people need that kind of a teacher, that particular, I'm not going to describe that, but that kind of teaching. Uh, and if you need it, then you should go there. I, I've sent people away. There's a, someone who's a monk, uh, uh, who's a student of mine at Shambhala, uh, in Minneapolis back in the early nineties. And he started asking me about the Minneapolis, uh, no, it was, um, clouds and waters Zen center, which is in St. Paul. He started asking me, what, what are they doing? He said, why don't you go over there and spend a year? And, and he did, he went over and practiced with them for a year. And then he came back and says, I'd rather be over here. <laughs> so that, that was his. It wasn't right or wrong. It's just that he, that way he knew about what was happening rather than I'm trying to make him stay a student of mine or something. So, and, and now he's a fully ordained as a monk in, uh, in uh, uh, Coben's uh, lineage. He was ordained by uh, uh, Shoho, Mike Newhall, same person that ordained me. In, in this lineage. Shall we close? Okay, I know everybody wants to get out, out in and go to the church. <laughs> okay, let me get my stick.
Please come down out of the line and protect Sokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery. Our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering, and fill them with life. If you value the teachings of Sokozan, and you would like to support his teaching work and the functions of Sokukoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, which also supports monk and practice residents, please consider giving a donation by visiting our website at sokukoji.org.